0: And there we go. Greetings, friends of the apocalypse. This is Jared the Apocalypse Nerd Wallace and Adam Baum Glancy uh, coming to you from. See, I'm getting it right now. Podcast. <laughs> I'm
1: beginning to think this was a terrible idea. Well, well you know,
0: at, least at
1: least you're getting it right.
0: I'm getting it right, at least. Okay. you got to give me that. Uh, podcast Eric Round Zero, episode 25, a discussion of a boy and his dog. Uh, so we're back after about a month. Uh, had a lot going on in the month of May. Uh, as we know, uh, somebody there, was getting somebody was getting married.
1: There was the nuptial apocalypse.
0: So yeah, it's you know the, the end of my life as we know it. So you know, uh, let's see, but um,
1: so or perhaps to, the beginning.
0: The beginning, we we could rebuild. So and uh, you know, and I dragged us uh, you know Scott's ass down to Florida, you know, to come to that. So and then I was on a honeymoon for a week. So. A lot of shit going on, so a brief hiatus. But uh, we're back, and uh, again, we're going to talk about a boy and his dog this week. Uh, the different iterations, um, uh, you know, the original no- a novella, uh, the movie adaptation. We have some gra- a graphic novel in- uh, of it. So we have a lot of different things to talk about uh, with this uh, book from uh, Harlan Ellison. And unfortunately, we don't have. Uh, well, we'll get into that, but. Uh, for in the news, i got a couple things to bring up, and then Scott's got some uh, some reviews and some stuff to share with you as well. Uh, just a couple reminders. Remember that uh, this month, actually this week, in the U.S. supposedly, uh, The Rover, which we've talked about before and Scott brought to our attention, will be opening, uh, it says June 13th, 2014.
1: Yeah, so I suppose that's going to be select theaters.
0: Yeah, you know, oh. I assume it's going to be selected first to see how it does, and then Maybe I'll get around, or I got a couple of, you know, uh, believe it or not, I actually do have a couple of art house type theaters where you actually do get that stuff down here. So maybe I'll get to see it. Hopefully, okay. uh, so that's coming out. Uh, snow Piercer, which we've talked about, you know, the uh, train snow apocalypse um, opens.
1: Yeah, it, it it looks uh, from what little I see of the of the previews, though, it does look kind of. I don't know, uh, maniacally uh, over the top, ludicrous.
0: Yeah, and and yeah. we're okay with that.
1: Yeah, just just letting you know what you're going to get into. It does look over the top.
0: Oh yeah, it looks like you know, dystopian. You know, on a tr- dystopi- It's like dystopia on a train in an apocalyptic world. You know,
1: well, the, the the weird woman who's part of the sort of representing our one percenters looks like the the creepy folks from the government in The Hunger Games with the insane clothing and bizarre makeup and, you know, uh, you know, and weird jewelry. Uh, yeah, I they look like aliens.
0: I think that's uh, Tilda uh, Swinston, I think, is that who's playing that character. It might,
1: it might be. If you, <laughs> She's clearly from Mars, so it doesn't take
0: much... Oh, yeah. It <laughs> doesn't take much makeup in the costumes. But, um, yes, yeah. Yeah, so that's opening up. And then we have... I don't know. I don't know what to, I don't know how to. I don't know how to. Uh, well, we'll see when it comes out. Um, we have starting, I believe, premiering June twenty second on TNT. Michael Bay presents The Last Ship is starting this month as well.
1: well it looks like they've completely abandoned the nuclear war aspect.
0: Yes, that's completely
1: from- abandoned it.
0: Yeah, like all I seen, I saw like these promo things up at the movie theater this weekend, like, don't breathe, the last ship. I'm like, don't breathe? Did they go some kind of viral biological thing? I'm not
1: sure. I think that's where they're going with it.
0: Yeah, so I'm sure it's going to be awful, but it's based upon a post apocalyptic novel, so we have to at least check it out and give it a try, because there's many of those things I've tried, like revolution. And Falling Skies, which I have just not been able to keep up with because it did not keep my interest. You know? That's
1: okay. Uh, Revolution got themselves canceled.
0: Oh, so well, very good.
1: Uh, although apparently Falling Skies hasn't. I think that they're, they're uh,
0: but, but I've been hearing. But you know what? I have to. I'm gonna have to circle back because it's on Amazon Prime and I could watch catch up. Apparently, it's been getting good reception. You know, like apparently it's getting better or something. So I'm gonna have to go check it out. Okay. Uh, so we have the. Last I should
1: point out that I just went to IMDb to look at IMDb to, to look up a couple of films I wanted to tell you about, and boom, The Rover is right on the front page of IMDb with a with a featurette you can watch about the movie.
0: Oh, nice, nice. Uh, a couple other things I've um, what I could review I've read was um, I I mentioned the uh, the last zombie Kickstarter a while back, which had you know uh, our. Um, uh, Joe, oh, I just drew a blank at his name. Our buddy uh, Twilight X, uh, Joe.
1: Oh, Joe Wright. Joe Wright. Joe
0: Wright. Thank God, I couldn't remember his name. Joe Wright did uh, did the art on that. They did the Kickstarter to do the uh, omnibus of it, and I ba- and I backed it just for the uh, for the PDF version. You know, it's like a 600 page freaking omnibus I got for ten bucks <laughs> on PDF. So I...
1: <laughs> that's not bad. Oh no! That was. Is, is it closed? Is it closed now?
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah, it closed. Yeah, they they might make it available. Um, you know, but uh, I read when I was on the cruise because I was on a cruise for a week for the honeymoon. I read the I've read the first like it came in, like segments of six. Uh, I think there's like six or like six series. I I read the first one, but now I, I caught up and read the whole thing. I liked it because it was because it's about it's about zombies, but you know it's about two years later that all the zombies are gone, you know, mm-hmm. and people are starting to rebuild. And, you know, there's two, like, FEMA-type bases across the country, and they lose contact, so they go got a mission to uh, get there. And it's about, you know, you know, supposedly there is one last zombie, and I, I won't reveal too much, but it's about, you know, there's a lot of things like, you know, there's no continuity of government anymore, and people like, you know, the Mexican cartels are trying, you know, it's... It's, it was re- pretty well written and pretty well thought of, like, what's going to happen. Uh, if you get a chance to ever guy people to pick it up The Last Zombie, I, I, recommend, I could recommend it. I think it was pretty good because it's not just like, oh, it's another zombie novel. That was the background, but it's all about afterwards. And it's interesting how they make it to where two years later, they're all gone. They've all decayed. They're all gone, which I've never seen anybody do. They, everybody always trying to perpetuates it, you know, yeah. on and on and on and on and on. But they did a find out. Okay, it's two years. They're gone. They've all rotted. They've all fallen apart. Okay, now we got to rebuild in the apocalypse. So it's really more apocalyptic, in the sense of just you know the downfall, as opposed to oh we're still fighting zombies years later.
1: Yeah. Okay. Interesting. That's so amazing. it's
0: so it's it's so it's really it's really good. And uh, oh, another thing that another remember a while back I talked about how Big Finish Productions, who does a lot of Doctor Who, Blake Seven audio dramas,
1: mm-hmm.
0: was coming out with Survivors. Uh, sir, oh. Survivor Series one is now available through Big Finish Productions and uh, it's either done as a download or for 20 bucks, it's uh, four hours. It's like four ch- four parts. it's four hours of material. so it's not, not bad for 20 bucks or you could get the physical CDs, whatever your preference is. So I, I downloaded that and I've gotten through part one and I'm into part two already. I'm liking it. you know I've never heard any of their radio play any of the radio dramas before. But they're doing a really good job. It's the same universe, but they've kind of written it from different angles, different approaches. It's not the same characters, you know, like in the TV show. They did this whole, um, you know, uh, or the urban or the rural environment. This one, they're taking different things, like well, what happens in the cities, in the airports, and a little bit more of a global view. So they're they're approaching the story differently. So it's not like oh, I already watched the series, I don't need to listen to this. It's still interesting and fresh because they've taken a different approach to the telling of the story.
1: Okay, cool.
0: So uh, I could totally recommend recommend that. So uh, that came out, and um, what else? That's it. I mean, I I had a little of a backup from you know we haven't done it you know done in a few weeks, but uh, yeah, like I said, guys, big finish. Uh, If you if you like uh, like we've recommended the Survivors TV series, Uh, the the audio is great because you know now I. Uh, I actually loaded it, I never load anything on my iPhone, but I loaded these on my iPhone because every time, I, I have a habit now because we got a new car, so we got uh, we got a Kia Soul, and it's got Bluetooth, so I just, um, so I just yeah. Bluetooth, Bluetooth, I just, I turn the Bluetooth on, and uh, I just play it through the car, you know, I, while I'm driving, so I, you know, listen to it, so it's pretty cool. All
1: right, very good.
0: So that's all. That's all my junk. I know Scott's got. Uh, he's watched some stuff. Got some book reviews, some reviews for us too.
1: Okay. the The, the thing I just watched and just put down ten minutes ago was the uh, post apocalyptic film uh, from England called How I Live Now, and it was based on a young adult, I believe, uh, novel. Uh, it does have some of the some of the uh, weaknesses of that. Um, at least, well, my at least as far as my experience of young adult goes. Um, I'm like, the, one- like, the,
0: like the Tripods was a young, like a young adult series, too.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's basically, you know, a girl sent to stay with her family in England, her mom's side of the family. Uh, there's a nuclear attack on London. There's some kind of war, but what's incredibly frustrating is, is this, this girl gets off the plane in London and has just got her headphones on, her sunglasses on, and she's just filled with hate because she's been sent away from everything that's cool, you know, to have to be in England where everything sucks, and she's just so full of that fucking teenage. Everything sucks, and I hate everything. She's walking through the London airport. There's fucking soldiers all over the place. She walks outside. they're fucking rapier anti-aircraft batteries set up at the airport, and she doesn't notice it because she's all into her own world, and you as the audience are like, wow. oh, oh, that that's a problem. That's a problem. Why is <laughs> Why is everything tooled up? But, man, it looks like the fucking Luftwaffe is going to be flying over in five minutes. You know, there's aircraft in the air all the time. There's choppers moving around all the time. The streets are filled with military vehicles. And she's just all, meh, I don't like being here. I hate London. I hate everything, you know. And you're just like, just look up. Just look up for a second, you know. Get, you know, please look up for a second. But she does not and, you know, when the ship goes down, she's a little lost to start with. She has no... Idea, what's going on? And frankly, the characters in the film don't have any idea what's going on. They're in an isolated rural area. They get about 30 seconds of news coverage before the fire. The, the power goes out. And then they're on their own. Um, you know, and then uh, you know, and then the military shows up and clears them out because you're in a free-fire area because there's enemy troops. Not explained. Um, they're dragged off with a woman are put to work farming, and the boys are dragged off for military conscription service at age 14 and 16. You know, whatever their, whatever their ages are, they're just separated. And one of the things that they don't mention, but you notice, like, we're watching it, uh, my wife and I are watching it, we go, hey, there's no men on the farm. You know, there's just women working on the farm. Where are all the guys? Well, of a certain age, they're dragged off to conscription. Um, and it's... Uh, it, it's, when I say it suffers from a young adult thing, it it's focuses on the female protagonist uh, and her world, and her goals, and what she's getting up to. And as much as you want to know about what else is going on in the world, you're not going to hear about that. This is a, the story about her, not the apocalypse. Okay. And although there are some cool post-apocalyptic things, and you know, it's a micro-apocalypse, or it's a temporary apocalypse, because by the time the the stories at the end, there's power coming back on, but it's obviously been six months, you know, they've gone through a period of chaos, you know, and, and you know, like really, they don't really explain a lot.
0: So it was maybe like a limited exchange or something like that?
1: Or, or, well, they say a nuclear bomb went off in London. When she's in the airport, there's news stories on the TV sets. But you can't hear it because she's got the music on in her headphones, but it says... Paris bombing and it's showing huge sections of Paris completely on fire, but she doesn't look up from all her important, you know, how bad a time she's having. Um, so it sort of smells like terrorism. It sort of smells like, you know, uh, a, a terrorism. The idea of an invading army into England in the 21st century doesn't seem very likely to me. Um, You know, maybe if it was a combination of, I mean, they don't make any, they don't point any fingers, you know, at what this could be, you know, whether it was Islamic terrorism or or the Russians finally decide they think they're the the USSR again. There's no real explanation about it.
0: Did did it have that same Younger a Field of, like, uh, what's the Australian series that's the... Very much, very much. The one to be Red Dawn, uh... The day after the war started? Ever, so. yeah, ever
1: yeah. since the war started. Ever since the war started. I haven't seen ever since the war started, but my understanding is that the enemy is just not defined. They're just got gray figures in the distance. you know. Even in the books, they don't go to define the enemy, although everyone lined up to criticize the author, saying that he was a racist because clearly the enemy is China.
0: And, and you, you get the feeling that it's definitely, you know, somewhere from the Pacific Rim, you know, because yeah. I, I saw the movie, you know, and I said it was kind of weak, you know, but um, it's like I'm trying to think, well, if I had to compare, okay, well, the remake of Red Dawn or the day after the war started.
1: Yeah, both weak in the same way.
0: Both weak, but I'm like, I'm trying to think which one.
1: Hey, at, least jo- at least Josh Hartnett gets shot in the head. In the Remake of Red Dawn. Yes, that's with no with no warning. And speaking of which, one of the charming saving graces of this film is this very ruthless moment where, we're being chased by a couple of scavengers or, you know, just derelicts or whatever these guys are, our girls, our seventeen-year-old girl and this like little eighteen-year-old girl, she's got with her, running through the woods. She stashes the the little redheaded girl in a place to hide, but then goes off to watch the hiding place. Like I think she literally stashed her there so the bad guys would catch her, drag her out, and be all like, ah, we're threatening you with rape. And then she jumps out and gets the drop on him with a pistol. Oh, nice. But that's it that you know how nice it is, Jared? This is how nice it is. One of the guys starts to say some shit like, Hey we just meant a little fun, and before he can even put the period on that sentence, she shot a hole in his chest. Just, boom, the other guy's like, hey, you don't have to, boom, shoots him to, you know, no, I do not have to, boom, and just gut shoots him and leaves him.
0: Well, that's that's the kind of way it should be. I get, I get so tired of this, like, well, you know, if you don't go, you know, just boom, 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 you're done, because you know that's what's going to happen, just do it. No and, dialogue, no hesitation, no de- philosophical debates on why I should not or not shoot you, or, or I'm or just shooting you.
1: No They don't have their gun, right? They're nowhere near their guns, right? And she, one of them, makes a move for his gun, and she says stop, and he he stops, and then she shoots him anyways.
0: Nice. Well, okay, I like that.
1: (laughs) This idea that you always see in movies where the hero has to give the bad guy the opportunity to go for his gun, so he looks like it, you know what I mean? So it's like really in self-defense, especially with women characters. You know, women characters have to be provoked into killing in a situation where they intend to do you harm and they're just looking for their opportunity don't give them the opportunity I love it when a film just goes nope I I, I don't feel like giving you a chance and then she shoots him and I give that the big thumbs up uh, so uh, it's it's it, it has its weaknesses but it was very beautifully shot it's sort of it's very interesting um, you know uh, it, you know what it reminded me of it reminded me a lot of remember that French film in the time of the wolf.
0: Uh, time of the wolf. Yeah, the, Do you know uh, the wolf? we don't we don't know what the, we don't know what the downfall is, but everybody's just kind of wandering around, not knowing what's going on, what's going to yeah. happen next.
1: Do you remember that? And, and it's not like that English film with uh, Juliet, not Juliet Armand. Um, it was an English film, Diary of a Diary of a Survivor, something like that, where it was. Uh, set in London, and everything's clearly winding down, and the subways are filled with violent gangs of children, and everyone's, you know, there's garbage piling up in the streets, and you know, by the time the story's over with, you know, the very richest people are being evacuated out of the city, um, leaving in helicopters and things, leaving the rest, everyone else to stew in their own mess. Um, Do you remember that at all? Is that ringing a bell with you?
0: It rings a bell. I think like we might have talked about that a little bit before.
1: Well, let me go ahead and do two things. I'll just hit, sit here and hit Dr. Zhivago, uh, because the the actress uh, who was in uh, Dr. Uh, Zhivago, um, uh, maybe I should spell that with a full doctor as opposed to <laughs> Dr. Zhivago, not Dr. Zhivago, But the lead actress who's in Dr. Chivago is Julia Christie. And Julia Christie was in this film. It was made in the 70s. And it was, uh, let's see if I can find it, backing up to the 70s. All right, here we go. Memoirs of a Survivor. Yes. That was the name of the film, Memoirs of a Survivor. And it's, uh, you know, it, 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 this film reminded me a lot of that. You know, there's not a lot of huge action sequences. Um, but uh, How I Live Now is sort of all, sort of reminded me of those. It, it's in that range. It's like, you know, ever since the war started, it's like uh, Time of the Wolf. It's like Memoirs no of Survivor. It's no Mad Max. It's no uh, Ultimate Warrior. But, you know, uh, it's another addition to the genre. Other things I want to point out that are coming, Monsters Two Dark Continent. Oh, I, remember Monsters?
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I thought I, 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 in passing, saw something related to that. So thank you for bringing that up.
1: There are two trailers available on YouTube right now. One is just a trailer where some soldiers are coming up to the front. I guess it is, and they just got. You don't see what they see. They just got these expressions on their faces, like oh fuck. But driving past them in the background are tr- are huge. Earth-moving dump trucks filled with the carcasses and the fragments of carcasses of the monsters, nice. As they're being trucked away, the second uh, the second is a full trailer and it's monsters and soldiers and they're trying to find a missing guy in the ruins of a city that the monsters have wiped out. Uh, it looks it it looks visually very interesting.
0: Yeah, so they expanded that universe. They made it bigger. It's not just, you know, yes. it's not just the DMZ anymore. Like, it's gotten bigger, you know.
1: Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And the last one I want to point out is there's a plague apocalypse coming called Parts Per Billion uh, with, uh, uh, let's see here, Josh Hartnett and Frank Langella in it. And um, it, uh, it has a preview up. On a trailer on uh, online uh, on YouTube, you can take a look at. And Jared, it looks <clears throat> grimo. It doesn't look like a story about how to survive. It looks like a story about how to be the last one to die. So it's uh, it parts per billion looks grisly. Oh, you sorry, I was, I like was
0: muted. parts per billion. You said
1: parts per billion.
0: Yes, billion.
1: So, so take a look at that. It's by a first-time writer, a uh, writer who's now a first-time director. So we'll see how it turns out. But it doesn't look Dead, like a huge deadly, budget. But deadly it,
0: World Virus, okay. It's on YouTube, you said, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, I see it. I'm going to go ahead and... Uh,
1: Throw that in the show notes?
0: Yeah, I'm going to get that... Uh, Yeah, I've been posting stuff on the event page, and I'll, I'll bookmark it on uh, on the YouTube channel.
1: Okay. And the last thing I want to throw out is, uh, you know, from the world of Lovecraft, I met Sylvia Moreno-Garcia. Uh, she's a Vancouver author who uh, published some stuff in Book of Cthulhu and is also an editor of all kinds of other genre fiction. And one of the things she's got coming out with a release date of August 2014 is fractured tales of the Canadian post-apocalypse. It's a collection of uh, post-apocalyptic stories set in Canada, written by Canadians. So there you go. We've we always want to see, uh, you know, stuff about how other cultures and other societies, other nations present their apocalypse stories. Well, there you go. We're going to have a fair chunk. There's uh,
0: well, th- well, doesn't doesn't Rick just usually uh, regale? Uh,
1: <laughs> Admittedly, Rick Neal will usually can usually tell us about the uh, Canadian apocalypse. But honestly, Jared, when he's telling us about the Canadian apocalypse, what he's really describing is winter.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, but this ha- this happened last
1: week. <laughs> yeah. 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. 20. There's like 22 stories here, uh, including such uh, such uh, uh, titles as Dog for Dinner, Last Man Standing, and No Man is a Promotory. <laughs> nice. Okay. Uh, so, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I will be picking up my copy because, again, uh, it's always cool to read some of their uh, the societies societies. Uh, vision uh, of what it looks like when it all goes down
0: oh yeah nice that's that's cool and it's from Can again Canada so it's different you know they they're already hardy and live the apocalypse you know so uh.
1: every year uh, every year I uh, had a chance to talk to a uh, uh, an event I had a chance to sit down and talk to this uh, 70 uh, almost 80 year old woman who talked about living on the in northern, Manitoba and Saskatchewan in the 20s and just describing the nightmare of what it was like growing up there and she said you know when her dad got a defense industry job during World War II and everyone got on a train and went from Saskatchewan to uh, Vancouver and he went to work in the shipyards as soon as she saw mountains you know she's like no I am never going back to that flat empty tundra ever again. I am never going back to the plains ever again. And then she saw Vancouver, a city. And she's like, okay, fuck the mountains too. I am never leaving the urban environment ever again. You know, um, her descriptions of the north of Canada, they won't notice the apocalypse. They won't. It'll all blow up. And the only thing they'll notice is, you know, they can't get Coca-Cola in bottles anymore.
0: Something happened, eh?
1: yeah <laughs> yeah we would keep joking with uh, Sylvia that it's gonna be the most polite apocalypse ever so okay uh, we're gonna have to take all your stuff eh? leave you to starve but you know no hard feelings
0: so we'll yes it. yes I'm sure I'm sure I'm sure Clinton Neil will let us know <laughs> how wrong we are uh, in short in short notice uh, so uh.
1: yeah fighting over the last you know the protein you know the, you know, the 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 precious poutine.
0: Well, I I mean, I, mean, I mean isn't all of Canada just kinda like the, you know, uh, oh, the uh, the the apocalyptic movie in uh, Strange Brew, you know? Uh, oh,
1: yes, yes, exactly. Unless you hit it, Newton. stage your business. Uh oh, radiation has made me an ethanome of civilization. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be like that. Uh, be it's exactly. Be exactly like that. Yeah. So, anyways, that's all the news I got.
0: All right, cool. Um, I posted a bunch of the stuff we talked about on the event page and uh, some on the Google page, so some people could find it there. You could find it there. So, anyway, so let's uh, move on to A Boy and His Dog. Now, A Boy and and His Dog was originally a novella written by our friend. uh, Well, I don't think he's anybody's friend. I was
1: about to say, our friend and nobody's.
0: (laughs) He's nobody's friend, Harlan Ellison. Um we know how much of a raging asshole he is, but you know what?
1: Uh, but I, sometimes the job calls for a raging asshole. That's but but
0: you know what? I'm cool with that. It's, he's a lot of times he's right. You know, most of the time he's right in what he's talking about. You know, he just he just goes about it in a very brusque way. You know, so but that's fine. No, I like Harlan I think I think I think it's cool that he speaks his mind. You know, doesn't oh, yeah. hold back. You know, so. Yeah.
1: He's, uh, he's a real he's a real inspiration for timid fellas like timid wallflowers like you and me.
0: Oh yeah, no we we, we never we're we're afraid to say things, but uh <laughs> uh so no, Harlan Ellison he wrote his novella and originally appeared in appeared in uh a magazine in nineteen sixties. I'm trying to rem- remember where it is, but it's all yeah, gonna
1: have some of you know, It's
0: like a weird tale, so I'm to you know, of course I have to cheat and go to uh Wikipedia. Yeah,
1: because we don't do any research. Not until the show starts, then we start looking the shit up.
0: New Worlds. That's what was published in 19, okay. 1969. So it was just a short novella, and uh, later on it became adapted uh, as a movie. By uh, the director was L. Q. Jones did it. So, but uh, the, and then uh, later on he pu- he published. Um, some shorter novels, uh, two like, additions to the story, it was a, there was a graphic novel adaptation to it later. But the novel if just started off, it's, you know, um, we'll start with the book. And I actually recently read the book, uh, finally. And uh, I actually, I have to say, because Harlan Ellison is such a hard ass about his property rights. I was not able to find a, a version of the pirate as a as a uh, as a, as, a uh, as an ebook, okay? Because he's yeah. really good about that. So because of him, I made my first ebook purchase ever. <laughs> so uh, and read it on my Kindle. So I don't have a physical copy of it to show you guys, but um, that I think it was called Vicken Blood: uh, Tales of Boy and His Dog. It had the original novella plus an additional like 15, 20 pages, you know.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, there's much uh, tales back and forth of why he wrote the extra pages. Apparently, he has a whole giant novel written from it, but uh, it takes place after World War Four, in the year 2024, okay? Uh, it, it, it's an alternate timeline. The Kennedy assassination failed. Um, so because of that, the whole space race thing didn't happen. Like they didn't put their efforts into the space race, they started putting things into more weaponry, um, experimenting on dogs for warfare, and uh, <clears throat> so that's how it went. And it, and it was basically uh, World War III took place over 25 or 30 years because it was conventional, and then uh, so that ran that ran until like the 80s, and then I think in 2006 or 7 there was World War four lasted five days, and that was nuclear. And it was very overwhelmingly devastating. Now, during this time, uh, through part of the experimentations, there was uh, dogs. They, they experimented with dogs to be like work as weapons, and they became some became telepathic. Uh, they but they lost their sense to uh, be able to like hunt on their own. So, the the book the book takes place uh, picks up where uh, Vic, who's the main character, is with blood. So Vic and Blood. Blood's the dog who's hunting. Vic is a um, a, 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 ro, uh, a solo, you know, from the ro, the Romer packs. You know, uh, they're like people running around. And apparently, there's a shortage of women in the future.
1: Yeah, I wasn't quite sure how this came about. It's much like the shortage of Bibles we have in um, <laughs> in, in uh, the Book of Eli. But all right, so we apparently were the, the girls are in short supply.
0: Well, I think they said something that they said that most of the women were in cities, and most of the cities were nuked, so that's why there's a shortage of women. And I'm like, okay, I'll buy it. You know,
1: move it, moving along.
0: Yeah, moving along. Uh, so he's always looking, you know, to find women and hunting for food. Um, you know, it's a pretty apparently it's a pretty devastated uh, devastated landscape.
1: Um, oh yeah, and our our main character is kind of a shitheel. We say looking for women. Uh, he's not gonna bring them a box of chocolates and flowers. It's all rapey, rape, rape as far as he's concerned. You know, it's it's uh, and 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 perhaps you know now that I think of it, wasn't there an instance where at the beginning? Uh, now certainly in the movie is a part where they're trying to the, the the blood is sniffing and trying to track down a woman, but another group of rovers has not only has not only found this girl but raped her and killed her.
0: Yeah, they left her. She was still alive, but she was like a bloody mess, you know? Yeah,
1: and she dies very soon afterwards, and uh, um, very quickly.
0: He was mad because it was a waste.
1: Yeah, well, exactly. His character is kind of a shitbag, having grown up in this post-apocalyptic environment that, you know, it doesn't make any sense why you'd kill her afterwards. Well, maybe that's why we're running out of women. Uh, Perhaps this is a future populated by guys who grew up on Elliot Rodgers' manifesto. You know, maybe, um, maybe.
0: Anyways, but, but the Well, the character is only uh, fifteen years old, too. Yeah. Just just bear, bear in mind, people bear in mind that he's. he's oh yeah, he's that, not.
1: A, he's not an adult. He's been raised. He's grown up in the rubble. He's an animal. Yeah. And Harlan Ellison doesn't has never really shied away from presenting unattractive characters. You know what I mean? Uh, who are unattractive because the world they grew up in made them awful. You know, and you'd, so you you have certain amount of sympathy because he's just uh, he's never going to know better. He's exactly. Never. never
0: well, gonna know better. And like I said, he felt like it was a waste, but he wouldn't. He's like, I can't do her in this state. He had like, I guess that glimmer of it's like, well, I would have raped her if she was healthy, but you know, when she's like that, I'm not going to do anything. So it's like, oh, <laughs> you're such a you're 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 a what stellar a guy, Vic. Yeah.
1: What? Yeah. What a mensch! This is wow. That's your, your well, morals. They <laughs> are, they are as impressive.
0: Well, that's one of the things too. Uh, the character Blood is trying to instill in him because uh, Blood is, you know, a very educated dog and knows a lot of stuff, and is trying to teach him uh, as, as he goes along. You know. Yeah, the,
1: the dog. The dog is constantly trying to teach him his numbers, how to read and write. Um, the dog is apparently Brian from Family Guy. Yeah. Yeah, you know, at least as far as his intelligence level, it's like Brian from Family Guy, except the communication is all telepathic.
0: Yeah, and he's like he always has him go over the presidents, and oh, oh, there, there was this one line in the book I don't have it with me. Shit, that was it was pretty. Talk about like you know he's like saying how sometimes it was better if he didn't know how to read because then it's like it was something like he since he knows how to read it's like sometimes like well sometimes it would be better not to because then like then I wouldn't have quite, I wouldn't have all these questions you know yeah or, or something to that extent.
1: But, uh, ignorance is bliss
0: yeah but uh, but you know it's just it's uh, but also you know so it's like the rover packs uh, you know trying to find food find women and uh, there's also you know because there was such highly uh, r- it's highly radioactive in certain areas uh, there's the things called the screamers
1: yes which are kind of radioactive zombies
0: radioactive zombies which which uh, they do encounter in the in the book and in the movie well they're hinted at it in the book
1: well they couldn't show it they didn't have the special effects so all you see is the green glow
0: I, I don't think they have the special effects to even do anything in that movie but um, uh, but but I think you know, and also I think the screamers were I think it, in my interpretations I think they're they um, were the inspiration for the screamers kind of in Legion of Gold. Uh, Gamma World GW1. Oh, yeah. There was yeah. A, the section where you found these uh, bunkers. And there's these radioactive, melted, screaming, you know, going to kill you type things, which are basically kind of what the screamers are. So I think there was a little bit of a crib there, you know, uh, to those characters.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised.
0: So so it's basically his whole, his whole thing is about getting laid and finding food. Is is what it is. Um, then uh, oh, I forgot to say people. Oh, spoilers. Um, I don't know. I don't know how deep we want to get. Well, I mean, the book was written in the '60s. The movie came out in '75. So, uh,
1: and, certainly, and certainly, when you're reading the book, uh, I remember uh, feeling like there was some. At least when they talk about World War 3 World War 4 when they go see the movie in the uh, in the in, in the theater. The, the, sort of the old bombed-out theater that's been put back together, yeah. you know, it's showing things. Uh, it, it, there's a very Vietnam vibe to the whole con- their whole concept of, of war. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it's 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 uh, all it's all napalm, and you know, Asian enemies. And I think they they literally the film in the theater is like the sm- the smell of chink. Or something, which is this war film about you know uh, incinerating Chinese soldiers with, with flamethrowers or something, uh, and it's all yeah, it's it's pretty ghastly. Um, and,
0: but, and it's all sex films. Uh, they, oh yeah. they, they called it. Um, uh, what do they call them films?
1: Stag films.
0: No, they called it something else. Uh, let me let me look here.
1: Well, Richard Corbin pretty much did his comic book shot for shot. So oh, it pretty much
0: it. is. Yeah, there's some stuff that's left out. Like they kind of skip over, but, um...
1: Beaver Flick. Thank you. Yeah, the Beaver Flick called Big Black Leather Splits.
0: Yeah, so a lot of porn films. Because, again, it's all men. So... So they have they have the theater. They go there, and it winds up being that you know um, they sense a woman. His Vic blood senses a woman. They track her down. They follow her, um, and uh, you know other people sense her. They follow. You know, um, well, how much you want to you want to do like a play by play of this, or do you want to just kind of? Just
1: I think the I think the main point is is that the girl he tracks down turns out to be bait. Yes. Or this creepy underground dystopia, living under the city in these, in these bunkers. The
0: down, uh, the the down. I think they call it the down under or down below. Yeah. 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 There's all the. That's the thing is, you got the people upstairs roaming around in in, uh, in the uh, the wastelands, and then there's the down under. These giant city yes. complexes, you know. Yeah. Underneath, and they're all like fucked in the head. They're all like, you know. They're they're batshit crazy down there. They've been down there for like like uh, I think like twenty years maybe, but they're fucked up. And they sent her up as bait. This young girl, they sent up to to pull one of these solos down because there's a need for fresh blood, you know.
1: Yeah, well, not, they've been isolated blood. Yeah. Not fresh blood, it's the other fluid you get out of men. Um yeah. Now, I will. No, I number, number, number three. <laughs> number three. Nice. Very nice, sir. <laughs> um, but the. Uh, the, uh, the uh, uh, and it was both Topeka, both in the movie and the,
0: uh, in the book. Yep. The book. Uh,
1: and it's this instead of. Although it. Uh, and it's kind of this insane world where they pretend nothing happened up top. Nope. And I, I kind of remember in the book they sort of made the implication that the engineers who built these bunkers. In the book, there's an implication that they had been the first people executed because they didn't, you know, they they, they had crazy, dangerous ideas, like ideas. And the engineers are all gone. this places are self-sustaining, and the population that lives there lives in this kind of 1903 crazy world of of. Uh, of America as this perfect place with no Negroes and uh, no minorities, and everybody's white and happy and middle class and goes to church and, you know, doesn't have sex or something.
0: And and there's picnics and there's, you know.
1: It gets extra crazy in the movie. And I do like the fact that in the movie, in the book they go, well, you're going to have to, they get him down there, and they're like, okay, you're going to have to inseminate all the women the old-fashioned way. But I loved it in the movie. It was just like, no, it's not going to be that fun. Yeah. I really liked that it. it was awful in the movie, where they just hook him up to the milking machine and they're like, okay, when we get enough out of here, we're just going to blow your brains out.
0: <laughs> yeah. So that's uh, yeah. So there there is some uh, well, that's a general premise, and then he they have to get out. Um, I'm not gonna uh, I'm not gonna blow the uh, the ending of the movie or the um, or the book for for people. I'm not gonna go that far, uh, but the book goes a little bit past the movie uh, with a couple a couple things. But the
1: uh, I, I do wanna I do wanna address them on one aspect that the stories that go past the book, the end of the the end of the movie, the end of the first original novella, mm-hmm. uh, and with uh, and I'm sorry about this spoiler here it ends with the death of Vic and blood is left on his own and I always wondered did Ellison do that because people were up his ass about writing more Vic and blood and just went, I'm gonna fix this you want another story here you go it's over
0: yeah I've heard I've heard both uh, both yeah. I've read everything I've read recently has been some people say it's because of that some people say well there's other things you know and he did that cuz he's tired of people bugging him about it so who knows um, but yeah but but it, that the, that happens because of the other events that happen in there now there <clears throat> I, I will say the the original novella definitely doesn't end uh, ends on uh, again doesn't end on a happy note but the movie, the movie
1: uh,
0: that we see here, let's see
1: if I could. Both of us hold them up simultaneously.
0: Yay! Um, has the same the same thing happens at the, the same thing happens at the end, but it's a lot more cheering, and happy. You know, yeah, it's like
1: it's treated very lightly.
0: Very lightly, but in in the the story's past the novella. It is not taken lightly, and it's and it causes everything that happens in the end. You know. Yeah,
1: yeah. It uh, the 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 main character ends up sort of PTSD'd from it. He's fucked up because of this. Um, but um, you know, I, I would say that uh, uh and again, uh, shall we seg into the fact that Don Johnson, age twelve, is playing Vic. Uh, in our in our movie,
0: eighteen uh, year old. He was eighteen when they filmed that.
1: Movie. Eighteen. And he's still working. I just noted Don Johnson just landed a part in. Uh, you know the guy who directed Steakland, the, the uh-huh. people who made Steakland. Uh-huh. They're they they just filmed a Joe R. Lansdale movie called Cold in July, and uh, it stars the guy who played Dexter. You know for so many years. I the, uh, well Phillips. I can't remember his name, but it played the guy. It with the guy who plays Dexter. It's got uh, Sam. Uh, Not Sam Elliott, but it's got Don Johnson in it, you know. uh, The guy is still working at age, what, 60-something now? Yeah. It's got to be. But uh, Cold in July looks like it's going to be a pretty good action flick, and it's going to be fucked up because it's Joe Lansdale, who has visited the apocalyptic landscape at least once with Beyond the Cadillac Desert with Dead Folks, I think is the name of the short story. It was also a comic book. I don't Uh remember it was. It was illustrated by Timothy Truman, who did Scout. Uh, as long as we're in this world of post-apocalyptic stories that turned into graphic novels.
0: Okay. I'm sorry. I have to. I have to share this. Um, Mr. Clint Staples uh, did post that many of <laughs> us in Canada are looking forward to nicer weather after the apocalypse.
1: <laughs> yes, the nuclear winter will will cheer things up imm- immensely north of the north of the forty eighth parallel.
0: <laughs> thank, thank, uh, thank, thank you, Clint. <laughs> so, uh, hey, we, hey, somebody's watching. Yay! 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 Live
1: viewers. Live viewers. So, anyways, yeah, boy and his dog, uh, the novel. We, we've we both read it. You read it the most recently. I haven't read it since college.
0: Yeah, I did, well, um, I, I, I never had read it except for the, um,
1: the graphic uh, novel.
0: Graphic novel, which word for word is follow. It follows along basically.
1: It's it's one of Corbin's best adaptations, and I've got I've got uh, you know the uh, the two Mad Dog graphics, yep, uh, 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 you know, one and two of this, and um, gee, I'm gonna have to crack this open and see if it gives me a number. Yeah, 1987 okay. is when I picked those up. Holy crap, I'm old.
0: And this came out. Uh, this came out. Um The graphic novel came out in eighty seven as well, the, the collection. So
1: oh, the copyright or yeah, the just...
0: copyright on the on the on the on the big collection from Corbin is uh, eighty seven uh on there.
1: Okay. And here's something I got. Here's something I picked up.
0: Or eighty-nine.
1: Uh, this limited edition hardback of the graphic novel. Oh nice. Number four twenty-one out of one thousand, signed by Harlan Ellison and Richard Corbin.
0: Oh nice. I'll be break I'll break break it into your house later.
1: <laughs> I'm going to put to lay this on top of a, a limpet mine or something. It's also unlike the original comic colorized. Okay. So
0: Yeah, the uh the, the graphic novel is the big one I have is, yeah. is, is the same colorized. It's just not yeah. the
1: uh, Yeah.
0: But it's, uh, it's, it follows it pretty much word for word. The dialogue, you know, some of the, you know, the overly descriptive scenes, which you could, you know, have happen with a picture, you know. So it follows it along. So um, either one you could get. You know, if you like graphic novels, you could get that. If you like Corbin. Corbin's done a lot, you know, has also done, um, he did Mutant World as well, another post-apocalyptic yeah. uh, graphic novel. So it's not unfamiliar territory to him. But the graphic novel follows right along. Uh, with that, you know, you get to vi- visualize that a little bit. You know, there's other, you know, mutant creatures in there as well. But, uh, like I said, the movie definitely um, doesn't follow it exactly. There's are certain, because I just, I, I just watched it again last night, just to refresh my memory about the movie. Um, they don't exactly they follow most of the plot lines. They bring up most of the things that happen. Uh, sometimes they just refer to it, like, in the past, you know, like, there's a there's a scene where uh, he has an encounter with um, a screamer that blood save you know saves his life essentially, um, and they refer to it in the movie like they talk about it like remember when I did this, so they don't actually show the scene, you know, and there there's a big thing in the beginning where they're trying to get more ammo and they encounter this other rover gang that actually that's all they do is make ammunition which is left out of the out of the movie. Which yeah,
1: the, the 82nd Airborne, I think, is what they call the armor.
0: Yeah. So uh, they left that out. But otherwise, it follows along pretty good. Um, in the in the book, when they go to the Down Under, there is the Sentry Robot yeah. in there. But um, <laughs> it's on tight.
1: Sorry. In,
0: in the movie, it's replaced by Michael. He, again, a robot, but he's an android and... I, he's just not pleasant. He's just got, like, this weird, this sh- s- smile on his face, like, I'm going to eat your intestines,
1: you know? Yeah, yeah he's got this big grinning uh, mongoloid thing going on for Michael. Um, but they couldn't, you know, they. they it's still a robot. It's still a little contraption, but it's like the de- the description of the sentry bot, it's just too complex and unwieldy to, to make his... Own oh, movie.
0: yeah, and they're on their tiny little budget they had, but... Uh... But it fall again follows along pretty close. What's what's creepy what's creepy about the underneath in, in the uh, in the movie is everybody's yes. got the white face paint with the rosy red cheeks.
1: And smiles painted on.
0: Yeah. Everybody's
1: a happy citizen upon pain of death. You know? Everyone's having the best time ever.
0: Yeah, it's uh, and,
1: uh fucking clowns, first of all.
0: Oh, uh, oh, well, yeah, that's 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 your nightmare. But it's like, uh, like when they're judging people, like um, fail fails to comply, bad attitude, uh, send them to the farm. You know, it was like, it's like is
1: this. Oh, the farm, yeah, the and farm. they keep saying the sentence to the farm, and you're like, I don't think they're gonna be hoeing a row. No. I don't think they're gonna be pulling weeds at the farm. I think they've been moved into the fertilizer department.
0: Yeah, well, they. Uh, <clears throat> Tell everybody that they were sent to the farm.
1: Yeah, I, I I love that idea, especially because it, it's the it's the standard totalitarian tactic where it's a death sentence, but we're not going to call it that. You know, you've been sent to the farm. Oh, but everyone knows what it means.
0: Yeah, they sent them to the farm. It's like uh, just give them a heart attack, send them to the farm. You know.
1: Yeah. Yeah, um, and so yeah, I uh, uh, I. Uh, uh, I like the movie a lot. I like what they do with their lack of budget. The idea that the city—they went out and filmed it in some out in the desert—and the idea is that the city has been covered with—I don't know—the detritus of World War well,
0: II or something, or Earth? They say it's, it's a little. That's a little weird. That's a that's a different take, you know, from the novel because the novel definitely still has the ruins the surface you know everything but in the movie cuz again because of budgetary reasons they couldn't do that so everything's cuz the, the, you know they indicate that look everything's underground because they have like electrical poles sticking out of the ground
1: yeah yeah the idea being that the city is buried in i don't know maybe the the muck that was blown into the air by all the a bombs or something that has fallen down like the fallout was was the, the the stuff that's blown out of the giant shell craters of the nuclear bombs and so the city's buried uh, and people dig down into the desert to break into buildings. Yep. So I, I mean, I like that. It was they had no budget; they couldn't dress an entire ruin set, no. so they so they improvised.
0: Yeah, that's not a bad job. So that's that's a big uh, difference between the novel and the movie. But you know, they, I think they handled it okay. You know, what's the uh, and also what's their tagline? A a, ra- a rather kinky tale of survival is the tagline for the movie.
1: Yeah, well, that's certainly on the front of the box.
0: Yeah, yeah. a kinky, a kinky tale of survival. Very, very '70s and that. Oh, that awful '70s folkish kind of. Uh, oh wow,
1: it, it gets weirdly folk music.
0: Yeah, you know, a boy and his dog. It's like so like folky and creepy. It's like, no, please stop, stop the '70s, please. You know.
1: Yeah. Let us not forget that Jason Robards plays the uh, the head of the Down Under's, the Republic of Topeka. Yeah. With their, with their own creepy flag, I want to point out. They that I didn't play. notice. Yeah, hanging on the wall uh, behind the tribunal uh, when they're dealing with all the miscreants, there is a... They, they refer to it as the Republic of Topeka and the Dirty Bastards don't even have an American flag up. They have some other flag up, I think. Um, it's green and black and has some design on it. But, you know, I don't know what Harlan Ellison's relationship to the movie was. I mean, we probably should have looked it up so we could figure out just how angry Harlan Ellison got about the movie, because that's what um, he does.
0: I think he... did. well, he didn't use the... Um, his alias, I don't think.
1: Oh, yes, he didn't use the... the, the mer- his nom de merd. Uh, he really hates oh. something. He uses this name that says, I, Harlan Ellison, hate this shit. <laughs> um
0: what is it called hold on I'm, I'm trying to find it it's Cor- Corwin bird or something like that um, yeah yeah I'm looking up Harlan Ellison's uh freaking wikipedia I got I gotta find it it's um
1: well I don't remember certainly his name's on the the box and on the product so one presumes that he couldn't have been completely annoyed by it um but uh
0: well, he well he well, he did use it on uh the he did use it on the Star Lost so.
1: what uh, no. <laughs> can you can you blame him?
0: Um, no, because it it had potential, but
1: it it put it away.
0: It failed. It did. It just failed. I'm really trying to find it. Should, what the fuck? I was just reading it like last night, and I can't I can't find it now on the Wikipedia. No, it's it's bugging me. I'm to, oh here it is. Um, it's Cordwainer what the fuck is it?
1: Cordwiener. Cordwainer.
0: C-O-R-D-W-A-I-N-E-R. Well,
1: no, that's a real name. There's actually a science fiction author named Cordwainer Smith
0: who Cordwainer Bird. Okay. Is, is what he uses when he doesn't like something.
1: <laughs> when his own material has been mangled.
0: Exactly, and I don't think he did that. I don't think. I think I read something that he was not happy with the ending in the movie, with uh, the the last line of the movie. He thought it was oh, so inappropriate or something like that. You know. Well,
1: so. yeah, it is. It comes off totally. It comes off totally, uh, it comes off totally um, uh, flippant and glib yeah. about this rather completely fucked up ending.
0: Yeah, so he wasn't happy with that. But hey, that's Harlan, and you know, you know, Harlan Ellison's eighty years old. <laughs> Yeah, he's still kicking and he's still angry. I love it. I love yeah, well,
1: it. I, love I, think that. that's, I think that's how he stays uh, fit, is he has a subcutaneous layer of hate that <laughs> keeps him warm at night,
0: you know? Yeah, because all, all I remember was, <laughs> he, like, in the very early days of the sci-fi channel, when it was actually a sci-fi channel, it's... I, I Again, I remember, like, the late 80s with local cable hearing about, they're watching this sci-fi, science fiction channel, and they used to have this thing, the Sci-Fi Buzz... Uh, like BuzzFeed or so, like, something like Sci-Fi Buzz. Yeah. And, and they had him doing these, like, two, three-minute little monologues, and he would just rant about shit, you know? And they were great. I used to, you know, that was, like, 1990. I remember him seeing this guy. I'm like, oh, like, this guy's classic, you know?
1: I remember those. I don't remember the subject of any of them.
0: It no, I, under- I don't either, but they had a whole bunch of them. And, again, that was back when, you know, Cable. He still,
1: he still does it. You know he, he still does it.
0: His rants, oh yeah.
1: He still puts his rants on his YouTube page where he's pissed off about various things. Oh, that was it. He was furious about uh, the movie that Tom Hanks and uh, what's her name did about Disney getting the woman who wrote uh, Mary Poppins. Oh yeah, I saw that. (laughs) Yeah, where he went off about no, she didn't come around, she never came around. She hated that movie with every fiber of her being, and she hated Disney. You know, she never came around. This magical come-to-Jesus moment she has in the film where suddenly she realizes that everything's better with Disney on it. No. No, she never did. And that really bugged him, that that sort of revisionist, Stalinist revisionist history where we're going to pretend like artists like the way their work is mangled. Yeah. When the big money comes to town, no. Yep. That gets Harlan's goat.
0: Oh yeah, so, so that's the boy and his dog. Um, again, book, movie, bo- book, movie, gra- graphic novel. Uh, the graphic novel follows along the book with the way the book. It's not a long book. You know, you can pick it up at Amazon cheap. Um, it's worth a nice. It's a nice little. It's a nice little read. It's it's pretty good. Uh, the movie, you know, uh, I own it because. We have to, uh, so
1: we've taken on this duty, this burden, so that you don't have
0: to. You don't have to. You know, we watch all we watch all these movies, so you don't have to. Um, <laughs> again, you know, it's 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 very definitely very seventies, very low budget. Um, I wouldn't buy. It. You know, if you have a chance to rent it or watch it on, you know, YouTube or something, it's worth it's worth checking out because again, it fits the genre. It's not all that bad. It's, it's 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 reasonable. I've seen a lot worse. You know,
1: it's worth comparing to you know other films of that time period, like you know, The Ultimate Warrior and like um,
0: The Ravagers. Uh, the Ravagers,
1: yeah, or the big moment where it suddenly you know uh, post apocalyptic takes a giant turn you know, is uh, Road Warrior. It was, a, again, what is that, 82, 83 is a yeah. Road Warrior? You know, suddenly, boom, there's, you know, that's the diversion point, but this was the state-of-the-art in the 70s and before. Uh, what do you call it? Um, you know, even Damnation Alley and things like that.
0: Yeah, like somebody had said, uh, excuse me, Oh, sorry. Uh, we're, so,
1: we're so fascinating. We're I know.
0: So it's uh, I'm i I'm tired, man. Like uh, I got dragged to the beach yesterday. We were there for we were there like all afternoon, so with the sun and swimming, I'm still tired. You know? Yeah,
1: so, well nothing nothing sucks the life out of you quicker than fun.
0: Exactly. You know. <laughs> um uh, somebody was, I was reading somewhere, somebody was saying something about the land the landscape of or somebody who worked on the boy and his dog. Went to work on, uh, the Road Warrior, you know, the, you know, the at least Mad Max Two, to and it, you know, it rec- replicated that barren landscape. Um, I was just reading something about that. Isn't
1: that, isn't that called going outside in Australia? That's how you replicate barren landscape as you leave your house, and then boom, you're there.
0: Uh, basically. Um, <laughs> yeah. So there you go. So that's uh. You know, from book to novel to other other items. Again, worth worth checking out.
1: It's 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 a very successful post apocalyptic story because it has been realized in at least three different mediums, and God only knows if it's turned up in uh, you know uh, if it's turned up somewhere as a radio play. I wouldn't be surprised.
0: Um, you know what? I kind of vaguely remember something about that. Um, Go to the video well, there were also apparently there was some kind of works uh, trying to uh, uh, not just a film adaptation, some kind of. Uh,
1: what, do, what do you got for me?
0: Um, like they trying to, they were trying to like back in like two thousand three or something. They were trying to do a uh, a TV something with a, a TV rights.
1: mm Hmm. Huh.
0: Back back then, so I mean that all that's kind of been in the works. So, all right, but that's enough of that. Uh, oh,
1: I, I I have to throw this out off the Wikipedia page. Ellison disavowed the film's conclusion uh, as a moronic hateful, chauvinist last line, which I despise.
0: Ah, we love you.
1: Yep. Thank you, Harlan. Thank you, Harlan.
0: (laughs) He puts everything so eloquently, but that's, yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's that's very cool. Yeah, it says, A Rover, the final longest section, uh, is in screenplay form. They're bidding here in Hollywood once again. Uh this is something Ellison mentioned back in two thousand and three. Uh for film and TV rights, So, one of these days, before I go through that final door, I'll translate it into elegant prose and the full novel will appear. Mm. Okay.
0: Never. I think mean, he's a string of people along.
1: He's just jerking our chains. He is. Thank you, Arlen.
0: Thank you. So uh so that's it for a boy and his dog. Uh, next show we are gonna do, we're gonna do the same thing. We're gonna, we're probably gonna do a couple of these of novels and their movies adaptations. Uh, we are talking about doing uh, next time, doing a Damnation Alley.
1: Yeah. Or the or the Postman's another good one. And or the Postman. some of the some of these, I mean, <laughs> and you know, here's the thing about Damnation Alley that we didn't realize, and I guess we'll throw this little teaser out, just Damnationality, yeah, there's a novel by Zelazny, and there is a movie, but frankly, there's also a comic book.
0: Oh, I've never seen the comic.
1: Dude, you have, because what is the oh, okay. earth?
0: okay, yeah, the cursed earth. You're
1: right, you're, what right, is you're the right. cursed you're earth right. Earth except a sort of a complete rip-off or homage to Zelazny's Damnationality?
0: Yep, which is uh, which was, was from the 2000 AD Judge Dredd uh, stories.
1: Yeah, so I think we'll be we'll be dropping in on that as well. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: So yeah, we want we're gonna because you know we've been having a lot of general broad discussions lately, which I love doing those. I love getting other people on have these broad discussions, but we want to kind of circle back for a while to doing like movies and books and you know you know. Sharing our our opinions of them uh, with you guys, so uh, and we and we want to do definitely do some of the ones where we could do for the film and the book at the same time because there's plenty of books that became movies and boy and his dog they followed them you know pretty close to each other, but then you yeah. get things like the postman or Dan Nash De, uh, Dan nationale oh Ooh. no, it's completely different <laughs> you know
1: I think they kept the title on the movie yeah. Yeah, the the, 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 the the Judge Dredd's The Cursed Earth actually stays closer to the original idea than uh, than 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 the uh, movie adaptation.
0: Yeah, so that's that's gonna be it. that's gonna be the next show, folks. We're gonna be having a discussion on Damnation Alley. So we're gonna we're gonna talk about that. Um,
1: can we can uh, we ta- can we title that one Damnation Alley?
0: Uh, possibly. Okay. Possibly we'll uh, we'll, exa- a, we'll 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 exa-
1: negotiation. will be in negotiation
0: about that. Yeah, we'll we'll exaggerate that. So uh, <laughs> definitely be uh, two weeks from now. Maybe even depending on what our schedules look like, just to try to maybe catch up a little bit. Maybe I'll see what we can do to maybe pull off. Uh, uh, maybe next week uh, if we can yeah. pull because I think in two weeks my brother-in-law is going to be in town, so or one of my brother-in-laws. Yeah, I have brother-in-laws now. Is
1: yeah. Be, is, Cong- congratulations! They'll be sleeping on your couch and eating your food and drinking your booze.
0: Uh, that's yeah, that's Jeff. Okay, that basically that's 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 um. That's,
1: and breaking, breaking your Xbox. They'll be breaking your Xbox.
0: Box. I'll break his head. But uh, <laughs> uh, so so.
1: Fighting words.
0: So I think maybe we'll uh, i I'll look at our schedule. I think we'll probably try to do two weeks in a row because because if he's going to be in town he might be staying with, it. it's going to be kind of hard to do it. So I'd like to try to, we'll do, we'll do that. So.
1: Cool Beans, uh, you know, I've read, speaking of which, I've read Cursed Earth a million years ago, and I have Damnation Alley up, up on the bookshelf, and I have the uh, uh, movie over here on the shelf, but I don't have Cursed Earth, the comic. Do you actually own a copy of the Cursed Earth? Yes. Good, 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 good. That's going to be incumbent on you to catch up on that one.
0: Oh yeah, I definitely. Yeah, I actually bought the uh, the because it came. It was in the papers and it was in the comics, and I they put a compilation together. So I got the compilation, and uh, Damnation Alley. I have to rewatch Damnation Alley because it's been a little while. That's uh, that I could do in a week. Reread the original novel that I'm not going to be able to pull off in a week, but I'll kind of maybe skim through it a little bit, you know.
1: I'll see what I can do. I want to see if I can try and find some of the stuff that some some of the examples of what the horrors of the of the of of Damnation Alley. Are, you
0: know. Oh yeah, well, I definitely remember the premise. You know, it's like organized governments, and you know he's a criminal. He's on death row. They needed a job done. You know, I I, yeah, I remember all the base. I'll just have to tr- uh, skim through it again so we could uh, yeah. do that. But I definitely got the cursed Earth. You know, because there's some that cursed that cursed Earth. Oh, I'm not gonna go. Let's stop. Stop. Time out. We'll, we'll go into it next week. Um, so all right. So next week, twenty six episode. Damn Nation Alley. We'll be discussing the. The comic, the movie, and the original book. So this is um, no final thoughts this week. We're, uh, okay. uh, we, we talked a lot about a lot of stuff today, so we're done. We're so we done. For me, uh, the Apocalypse Nerd and Adam Baumglancy, this is Podcast Act Round Zero saying thank you and good night.
1: Good night.